to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I am Roma Press Editor John Solano. I hope you are all doing very, very well. Um, it is just a few days after Roma pumped Cagliari 3-0. This is coming out a little late, and we're doing that intentionally because we first wanted to see the results of the fellow entrants in this race for the Champions League. Uh, that is Milan and Atalanta, and uh, one went Roma's way, the other did not, as Atalanta got two very, very late goals. It looked like Udinese were actually going to pull that out to hang on and get a result, um, but it was not meant to be. So um, let me bring Andy on now, but real quick, had to first thank our two newest patrons on Patreon, Angelo Guzzo and Rush Goodman. Thank you to both of you. If you would like to become a patron, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash romapress. By becoming a patron, you are not only supporting the podcast, but you can get early access to episodes. You can also get extra episodes of the Roma Press podcast. So thank you to all of you who have become patrons and are supporting the podcast. Truly, truly, truly appreciate it because, again, without you, none of this is possible. Also, our two wonderful sponsors, Euro Fantasy League. You can go to EuroFantasyLeague.com for great original content, Fantasy CDA for their CDA game, or Fantasy-Champions-League.com for their Champions League game, and also RomaPress.co.uk, our newest betting partner with over 90% accuracy for the price of a coffee per week. You get access to six of the European leagues. And that is, again, 90% accuracy. So if you're someone who likes to bet on football, aromapress.co.uk, give it a look because, again, you'll start winning more bets and you'll start winning more money. Again, aromapress.co.uk. So let me bring Andy on now as we discuss a variety of topics. We discuss, obviously, Roma's victory over Cagliari. We discuss Milan, Torino, Atalanta, Udinese, uh, some Antonio Conte talk, as well as some Gianluca Petracchi talk as well. So here is Andy. All right, everybody, we are back for another episode. Um, so this is two days after the victory against Cagliari. And we intentionally did this because we wanted to see what the result of Milan, and we are recording this as Atalanta scored a very, 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 very late penalty against Udinese. So Roma will no longer be in fourth. They will get leapfrogged by Atalanta. But nonetheless, um, Andy, about a month ago, I was going through some of our episodes, and there was an episode March 17th. 17th of March, I believe, uh, where you and I both said fourth is over Champions League impossible. And look at this now. I don't even know what to say anymore. This the if this season has just been so unbelievable. It's a roller coaster. And, and I don't know coaster. if it's in uh, in the good sense of the word. It's I think it's been just. Uh, very unsettling. Uh, certainly, if someone is not neutral, it's it's not been easy. Um, and you know, right now maybe Roma are, are are in a much better position. But I I just haven't lived this season with the sort of mindset. Oh, we are having fun. This is competitive. I I don't like this. I'm not. I don't like feeling the way I'm feeling 
looking at Atalanta scoring this penalty. I don't like seeing the table change every damn week uh, from one position to the next. So um, I still stand by what I said on that day. I look forward to, to, to the season's end. We've gotten to the point where, and we've been doing it on this podcast, but I feel like this is no longer a you pick your winner now and you can sort of um, you can sort of take your take your pick to the bank or put money on it because this truly is a a, a week to week scenario now where Roma are going to be looking at Milan's schedule, Milan are going to be looking at Atalanta's schedule. And I think it's sort of reached the point where you could make the case for either one of these clubs to get fourth. And I thought it was Milan's to lose. I thought a lot of people felt that way. And yesterday they put out a horrific performance against Torino. I thought they were embarrassing. Um, And they drop all the way to the seventh place. So this weekend now, Atalanta play away to Lazio. Roma play away to Genoa, and then Milan are at home against Bologna. So Bologna, or I'm sorry, so Milan clearly of the bunch have the the easiest. Atalanta away to Lazio is certainly a difficult one, and then Roma away to Genoa uh, is never an easy one because you're playing at the Ferraris with a very, um, it's always a, a hot atmosphere there. They're not doing well. So what what do you think about all this? Because this again, I I, I think there's a million different uh, scenarios that could happen here. A million different ones, and and every every week when I walk, look at that table, I see these teams come up from nothing, you know. And yes, and we we you know there is Lazio, there is there is Atalanta, but there is also Torino. So uh, it's always some team just uh, biting. Uh, uh, behind you um so i think i think i agree i think milan right now are in a very bad spot they're almost like i think they're even worse right now than we were uh when di francesco was uh, was was uh, was sacked um and bologna looked very incredibly in form so it's even if it's the easiest match on paper I still think it's going to be tough, although Bologna are practically saved. Uh, they're, 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 they're most likely uh, safe from the relegation zone. So, uh, it, you know, but I still think that they will bring the same intensity. They will want to carry on with their good performance. The only good thing about, <laughs> you're right, this, this, the, this match of Atalanta against Udinese is that next week they're going to be facing Lazio. And, and uh, I don't know. That's that is going also to be a very intense game, considering the two teams will square off in a Coppa Italia final. So um, that's it's better for Roma that both teams can lose uh, points, can drop points. And now you know we talked about it last time around. We said you know what we want to see a performance from Roma that has the same uh, 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 offensive intensity that we saw in the first half against Inter with the defensive organization and mindset that were put on display in the games like against Sampdoria or Udinese, you know? And we said we want to see a complete performance from Roma and they delivered. And and Ranieri delivered that performance. And uh, I think... 
from the Roma that I, I saw against Cagliari and the Roma that I've seen in the past two weeks, I can expect a good result in uh, in in the city of Genova. Uh, so, um, you know, it's all in our hands. But as you said, it keeps changing. So there is no point in making predictions anymore because it's up for grabs. Yeah, and getting away from more of the big picture, will they finish in the fourth and final Champions League place? You just touched upon it. I thought, and feel free to disagree, but I thought just in terms of performance, I don't care if it was Cagliari, it could have been Frozenone, it could have been Juve. I thought that was by far the best performance of the season. Certainly certainly this year. Uh, I, I really I can't think of any other. Maybe, maybe what was it, the 4-1 victory over Sampdoria or was it 3-1 victory? I don't remember, maybe 4-1 victory over Sampdoria at home which was one of the few convincing victories under Spalletti this uh, under Di Francesco this season um but certainly this was very good and and you know as i said it 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 just it showed roma on top of their game uh in, in all sorts of ways and uh, there is a lot to talk about because um I just see I just see a, t- a team that is functioning differently i think it, it is a team that is trying to to best accommodate most of the players make them feel comfortable and 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 uh, give their best it's it, it seems like almost every player is sort of benefiting from from this stretch under Ranieri right now um which is very good and then you know we uh, what hit me hardest was uh, the the words of of of, of Ranieri about Fazio uh, which I thought was a big indictment on 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 Di Francesco because basically said, look, Fazio is a very intelligent player, and uh, you just have to put him in the right situation for him to deliver because he can be a very good defender. And that's if Ranieri got that in in what in in, in a little bit over a month. Then I just can't see why why Di Francesco kept making the same mistakes over and over uh, all season long, and 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 just putting these players out there and not allowing them to play up to their strengths. And uh, because this Fazio, you know, him scoring, him you know keeping another clean sheet, it's a different Fazio. And 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 for most of the players, it, it seems like this is sort of a, a time where they can finally show what they have. Yeah, I mean, Fazio is the one who I, I mean, anybody who has listened to this yes. podcast more than a month, they could go back to any episode and they will hear you and I absolutely criticizing Fazio to the point where we were dying for a defender in January and one didn't arrive and we were heartbroken. Yes. And now, I mean, this is unbelievable. I have never seen a player just have such a yo-yo season. It was so low. And now, I mean, he's performing better than Manolas. Uh, I, I think at this moment in defense, he's probably the highest performer. You can make the argument sure, for Paul Adolfo sure. and another goal to his name. But I, it's just stunning to me. You just said it. I think it's a massive, massive indictment on Eusebio Di Francesco, who clearly, and this is, I, I saw a lot of people saying this, uh, what a regret for him not to have been sacked sooner. Um, 
I, frankly, I, I don't even think we would be having this who is facing who this weekend, this 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 almost week-to-week uh, -week meltdown that we have as to who is playing who, who could get points where if, if DiFrancesco had just been sacked at the appropriate time, which I think we all could agree, you know, everybody... Yeah, we'd be, we'd be over here drinking booze, mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, every most Roma fans, it's difficult to find anybody to agree on anything, <laughs> but let's be honest here, I mean, clearly this should have been done in November, December, no? Yes, yes, I think, uh, I, I, I remember watching that Bologna game, which I think was when, in September, and I thought that was the most horrendous display of football that I had ever seen as a fan. And to me, that was the game that sort of just, you know, put the nail on the coffin because, um, and, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. I just don't get how a, a manager like Ranieri, who's been sacked not so long ago from a Premier League club, has been in between jobs a little bit uh, since uh, leaving Leicester and finally comes in at the end of the season with a team that is in complete shambles, both physically, psychologically, there's players fighting with each other, uh, results are not are not there, we just left the, the Champions League uh, and finally comes in and has very, very little time to adjust and makes right the right moves makes the right moves and decides to go to the basics meaning i'm going to make this team play the way they should play the way it helps them to play uh so i'm not gonna put fazio in the midfield and tell him to track back every time uh on a counter attack i'm gonna play him deep and uh, I'm going to uh, put uh, Florenzi and, and, and help him overlap and make him more of an attacker, but still on the midfield line. And I'm going to keep Nzonzi uh, uh, more as a mediano um, than, than uh, I don't know, as a mezzala. And, and you know, it's, it's those little things that in a time of, of crisis, in a time where a team cannot just cannot get out of a slump, those things help. And, and mentally, you saw them celebrating together. This is a whole different team than the one we saw uh, uh, even in that Porto game um, where there was a lot of sacrifice and a lot of tears were shed after that exit. Um, and, and it's a whole different team. And it's, it has to be said, a big chunk of it goes to Ranieri. A good big chunk of it goes to the players, but a big chunk of it goes to a, a coach that really is showing. Uh, uh, just he knows what he's talking about. He knows football. I agree, and I tweeted out the difference between the Steven and Zonzi of Di Francesco and the Steven and Zonzi of Claudio Ranieri is it's just astonishing that Eusebio Di Francesco had this guy for six months, seven months, and had no idea mm -hmm. how to utilize him. Whereas Ranieri is here for not even two months now, and he's getting the very best performances out of him. Has anyone watched him? And Zonzi does not even go past the halfway line. Yeah. He doesn't go past. He sits right in front of the defense. He wins the aerial duels, he intercepts the ball, he recovers the ball, he gets it out to the wide men, and that's it. I mean, that's what we saw from him at Sevilla. Yeah. 
And <laughs> you have Eusebio Di Francesco um, having him as a regista. You have him playing as a mezzala. You have him putting Javier Pastore as a mezzala. I mean, listen, we have to talk about him as well. Uh, Pastore was sensational against Cagliari. Sensational. Yeah, and it's so, you know, it's... Uh... It's such a shame. It's I now I understand the PSG fans who, when he left, were all uh, sort of emotional because really to watch him play is a joy. He's such a talented player, just skill wise. There is nobody in the team that that can come near him. It's and it's those. It's it, he has just natural footballing skills, and it's a beauty to watch when he's fit. And it's so it's such a shame that. You're paying him top player money, uh, and and yet he cannot keep, uh, uh, he cannot stay fit because the player that we saw against Cagliari could have solved us so many problems. He was fantastic. He was just just the player that that a team like Roma needs because uh, he was doing all the right things, moving into the box when when it was needed, making the right plays. Sometimes he would just make these passes out of nowhere. And um, and it's incredible that the last time we saw him start in a Serie A game was that derby uh, against Lazio, which we won, where, again, in, for the first 30 minutes, he was the best player on the pitch. Could you, can you just fathom that? I yeah. mean, he went um, seven months in between starts. I mean, that is... Uh, I can't even comprehend. He, he, I mean, he started against Pilsen, but that, and then he had another injury after that, and so basically, I don't. I think he played like I saw it that he played like sixty. He started in the Copa yes. against the hammering against Fiorentina. That's, that's true. Really? Oh, okay. Well, that's true. But anyway, in in, in the in the Serie A, he's played like what sixty minutes uh, since September. That's incredible. It's insane. Um, I, I I mean, the thing that is just really head scratching to me is and it's not even them it's just how do you go from being the worst defense to this I I mean it's astonishing that this is the same group of players I mean I had people tweeting at me wow would you keep both in Zonzi and Pastore (laughs) for next season I mean if you would have asked me that three or four months ago um you know we we would have asked you know, have you taken your yeah. medication for yeah. the day? It's just astonishing that we've reached this point. And you have to wonder if I had people asking me this as well. If, if things don't pan out for Conte, and we're, we'll get to that in a minute here, but should Antonio Conte not become the new manager of Roma? I, I you know, I would have said absolutely not when he was first appointed, but I think you realistically have to at least entertain the idea of Ranieri being given the full-time job. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily agree. I can see why someone would think that, you know. I uh, And I, I, I just don't know even if, if he wants it. He said he wants it. I don't know if, if he means it. Considering there was a lot of talk of him maybe becoming uh, a part of management at the, at the end of the season once, once his contract runs out. So I don't know if he wants it because he just knows the pressure that comes with it with this job at Roma long term. Um, I don't know if he has in him to to just at this point in his career to to keep at it. it I just think it's uh, again it's an incredible it's an incredible showing of love from Ranieri 
um, the fact that you know he admitted he would be glad if Conte came that it, for the good of Roma he uh, he he would be more than happy to have a, a, a talented manager like Conte uh, come to Roma. So I'm just I'm just incredibly grateful for this guy for uh, for having come back to this 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 team which was nowhere to be found a couple of months ago. And now look at us. We're we're still in it, and uh, maybe now more than ever. Uh, and we have a real shot at it. So great. Yeah, I mean, they they do have a real shot. And again, a month and a month ago, you and I were both saying they had no chance whatsoever, which really is is a testament to Ranieri because I I think he's done some fantastic stuff. Um, just the level that he's raised this. This team is just incredible, and again, credit to him. I, I think he's done a fantastic job, and if he's not offered the role, I, I don't think he would stay as a director as much as mm-hmm. I would love to see him. And for the love of Christ, can people stop asking Ranieri about Conte? I mean, this guy is far too much of a gentleman to say anything. Yeah, that so was oh, I'll terrible. I'll just say it. What oh, the fuck? Terrible. Come on. I don't get it. This guy is winning. He's doing well. He's raised the level of the team. And you're going to ask yeah. him if he would like Antonio Conte to take his job, more or less? Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I think that was more of a question if he knows anything about Conte. Why would why would Ranieri <laughs> know anything about possible talks between Roma and Conte if he is the coach? And it's his moment right now. He's doing something incredible considering uh, everybody thought this was the end. Uh, and, and to come out and, you know, and insult him like that just classy from him to to you know to keep it that way and um yeah to not get to not be a, another allegri you know it's uh, it's a pretty astounding uh, the difference the 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 two interview the two interviews post game conference uh, interviews between the one that allegri gave and, and the one that ranieri gave completely different class yeah i mean ugh, that, that just drives me nuts because true i i said it when he was first um when they first reappointed him but in a sport where it is rife with pricks pieces of shit yeah. human beings claudio ranieri is genuinely and i say this not just because he's a manager now but truly um one of the nicest people i've ever met and yeah, to see him get cast into that awkward position is just really, really weird. You almost feel uncomfortable for him. But anyway, um, so since we're on the topic, Antonio Conte, if you asked me this a month ago, I would have called you insane. But um, this has gone from fantasy to potential reality and... I think a lot of it has to do with circumstance. Listen, um, who are his realistic options? He can't go to Real Madrid, um, maybe Manchester United, but they just gave that uh, to Solskjaer that 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 new contract. Um, Inter, I think, are going to find it difficult to sack Spalletti because, listen, they're under financial fair play. They're not in a position to just sack a manager, especially when they just gave him a renewal a year ago. So I think Roma genuinely, genuinely, genuinely had this very small window to bring this guy. And I think they have to make the most of it because I think the longer this goes on, the more unlikely that they are going to bring him. But I think one thing they do have in their corner is, and this is what I've been told by someone I trust who's at the club, that Petraki of Torino will be the next sporting director. Um, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say 
90%. I do think it's going to happen. So what do you make of this whole Conte business? Because I have to tell you, I saw a couple of people tweeting out, you know, maybe he took the weekend to look at the squad of Roma and the squad of Milan, which is stupid. That's not what he did. Um, But I I have to tell you, um, I would think that this Roma side would be a bit of an interesting challenge for him. Um, I would think the only hang-up for him would be uh, getting over the, 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 the transfer. We all know how Roma are in the transfer market. I would assume that would potentially change should he arrive. But, I mean, what are you making of this entire episode involving Conte? Uh, I think, I think, if, um, I think, um, well, first of all, what comes to mind is, is, is uh, that letter, or not letter, that announcement that Palotta made to clarify the situation of Monchi. Remember when he basically said what went wrong with Monchi? And it became quite clear that, that Palotta uh, was really kind of had, had set his mind on, on bringing in top level professionals, right? And he said, I brought Monchi, who was regarded as the best sporting director in the world. And that is true. That is a fact. Everybody had nothing but good things to say. Everybody was happy. You were happy. I was happy that Monchi was coming in. Uh, and he said, I, I, I wanted to bring in some, you know, top, top shelf professionals like Monchi and then g- g- give them carte blanche. And, uh, and I think now he sort of got it that, you know, you, you cannot put all your eggs into one basket. You also need to uh, think about the coach and the coach is important. And I think, you know, all the talking heads in the Roma management came to a similar conclusion and so it's true. It's it, up until a, a couple of months ago, it, it would have been we would have been called like liars or, or you know just bullshitters, because this is not a coach that Roma usually aim for. Roma usually aim for the likes of the Zerbi, uh, Giampaolo, uh, and so on. So to see them really try, and I really I think. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to jinx anything. I, I don't want to, but I think they have a fair shot at it because, as you said, Inter renewed Spalletti, and it would cost them a, a buttload of money to to just just sack him and his staff. Uh, Juventus likely to renew uh, Allegri. Uh, there's been talk of it. Uh, PSG. Uh, is looking a bit of a threat with uh, Tuchel right now having trouble. But Roma seem to fit what Antonio Conte is looking right now. It seems like he's looking for a a sort of a challenge. And I think Roma are a better challenge than uh, Milan. And Roma, I think, have certain pieces better fit for for Conte. And... um, and it would be exciting to see. I think the transfer market could be regarded as a problem, but it's also important to keep in mind the situation Antonio Conte found himself in at Chelsea, where basically he had no say in the transfer market. Well, if he comes here and Petrarchi is the sporting director, you can bet your ass that he has uh, a say in the transfer market. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, do we remember what led him to quit at Juve? It was when Juve lost out to Roma on Juan Torbe. Yes. I mean, he left within, like, hours of that happening. <laughs> um, 
and and obviously it helps um Petraki, Conte, very, 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 very close friends. Um both of them. I think Petraki is from uh Lecce as well. So they went to the same high school. Yes, so there you go. And he is from Lecce, I just double checked. Yes. Um but anyway, I I, I think that would be just uh, beyond any player, I would say that it's been very apparent that one of the differences that Roma have lacked in recent years is a good manager. I mean, despite all the good that he did, I mean, Garcia had his flaws. Spalletti obviously had his flaws. Di Francesco, nobody will argue that he had his flaws. Um, have we really had anyone of this level since... In the American Ooh. era, I don't know. I Capello? think Capello. Yeah, right, right. And uh, since Capello, I think the the just the top coach that Roma could afford was Spalletti. A guy like Spalletti. Spalletti was easily the best coach Roma have had since uh, Capello. And uh, and and so in this American Roma, think about it. We had Luis Enrique. We had Zeman. Uh, <laughs> a short spell of Andrea Zoli. Uh, we had Garcia. So, yeah, fine, fine coaches, uh, uh, but for mid-table teams or teams that don't aspire too much. And I think it's time that Palota and management realize that you just need strong ingredients for, for a good team. Ingredients that include a competent uh, sporting director that understands his coach and a, a coach that is competent and has been proven uh, to win. And I think it also has something to do with the way Napoli attracted a big coach like Ancelotti. It's it, it sort of everybody was surprised about it, and yet it happened. Yeah, and maybe Palotta has realized, and you would hope this is the case because just like with any player, um, you make mistakes, you learn, you grow. Eusebio Di Francesco arrived at Roma. He was making one and a half million euros. You compare that to Allegri. You compare that to Ancelotti. Um, I mean, that is five, six, seven times less yes. than what they earn. So that's the reason Eusebio Di Francesco was the manager at Roma. He was cheap. Uh, Monchi signed off on him. Baldini signed off on him. And that's all it took. But his wages being extremely low without question, was one of the most attractive factors. Maybe, and again, you hope this is the case, that it has taken, gosh, he's been in charge uh, seven, eight years now uh, as the president of Roma. You would hope that he has seen that, hey, maybe it is time where maybe instead of spending X amount on a new midfielder, a new, new defender, a new whatever, maybe it's time for me to invest this properly in a top level manager because they ha he has not had a single one i mean if you, we can't label luis enrique no. that because no. he, i mean he, let's be honest he was a gamble at the time um and he chose he chose roma over genoa i mean come on um maybe he is now realizing that i have to do this there there's no way around that's, this, that's, right yeah I, I mean i agree i agree and uh, yeah it's it's the way i think napoli uh, went about Ancelotti. They said, "Listen, we are, we have a good team. We've we've reached the record the the record of points in Serie A we've ever had with, under Sarri. But truth be told, after Sarri, what could have been the next step? 
what take a guy, another guy, sort of like Mazzari, you know, the the, the level of Mihailovic. No, they went for the big fish. And obviously, one can argue that this season Napoli weren't at the top of their game, but I think they have a plan. They have a project. And the fact that De Laurenti showed that as a club, I'm not insulting it, but a small club like Napoli financially can go for a bit. Oh, that is going to trigger some people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, if, if a club like Napoli can go for a top manager like Ancelotti, then why a, a team like Roma, who were in the semifinal last year, who have a, a Qatar Airways sponsor, why cannot they go for another similar top-tier coach? Yeah, and I think we've gotten to the point where they need it. I mean, you can only improve the team so much by moving players in and out every mm-hmm. summer and by having a manager who has reached uh, where Roma is more of a point of arrival as opposed to yes, yes, just a pass. You know, just a pass through Capello. He he passed through Roma. He went to Milan. You, I mean, he's he's been to big clubs. Um, I think it's very abundantly clear that now is the time, especially if they qualify for Champions League, because I think, I think that would be a miracle if they qualify for Champions League for next season. I I, I think we've reached the point where it's almost like Roma. Uh, this Roma, at least, has reached the ceiling where. The only way to break through that 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 glass barrier is to finally hire a manager who has won things, who is a champion. Because again, we haven't had that in the longest time. Conte would be the biggest name since Capello. He would be the one who is arriving at Roma, having won the biggest things that you could win. And I just think that. It's now or never because, again, there's only so much you can do in the transfer market. Um, we see it summer after summer after summer. Um, this Roma, especially over the last five to six years where we've been in this spell, it sort of feels like this Roma was not meant for the long marathon that is the Serie A. And I think we've seen in the winter months, the early spring months, where they just die out. We saw it with Spalletti. We saw it with Garcia. And I think Conte could really, 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 really change that. Now, you have to weigh that with uh, maybe that means a little less on the transfer market. For me, so be it. But, I mean, surely you have to agree, though, that if if Conte is even a remote possibility, they have to try at all costs to bring him, no? I Yes, yes. And as you said, it's... You know, as you were saying, listing, you know, the fact that we brought, we brought Roma, Palotta really tried his hardest with this club. And I still don't, I just don't accept the hate on him. And I'm not here, you know, just defending him for anything. I'm defending him for what he has done with Roma. And he's really spent a, a, a lot of money on the, I mean, Roma really invested on the transfer market. Yes, they sold players for a lot, but they invested just as much in a lot of players that had potential or were international talents. You know, we managed to to bring names that we never thought we'd, we'd bring over uh, at Roma. We brought in a, a, a top-tier sporting director that did not pan out. Yes, but 
now it's time for a, a big time coach and uh, and also that means big time coaching staff that means uh, the bertelli which is the the physical expert the the um the guy that basically watches over any injuries, uh, who was, who is still, I think at Chelsea, right? Um, yeah, very highly rated. I mean, he was with Conte at the Azzurri. Exactly. And, and this is a guy I thought, I, I saw a statistic that in the last year at Chelsea, they had one muscular injury under him, under this guy, um, compared to Roma's like, I think 50 this year. Uh, that means everything that comes in with Conte is top tier. So, it's it's now or never, and Roma have, as you said, have reached the ceiling. They we haven't managed to win anything under uh, Palotta, but it, it it takes time. And at a club like Roma, I have to take things step by step. So I think this is the right moment. I think so too. So back to present day, because I I don't know when we'll hear something on Conte. I'm hoping within the next week. Um, I do think it's done for Petraki, though. I do think we, we should hear something within perhaps this week. I don't know. but um, So this week, it's Roma. They go away to Genoa. Are you feeling confident? Genoa have been very shit lately. I mean, they should pump them, no? They should pump them, but we know, as you said, the, the, the atmosphere is not good there. And it's always tough and rough and gritty and... Uh, uh, I still have that mental image of De Rossi slapping La, oh. La Padula in the face. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it gets me depressed, and that's enough. Like, if I want to ruin my day, I think of that moment. And, uh, yeah, so it's not going to be pretty. I, I don't know what to expect because usually teams like to play hard against us, uh, and, and Genoa have things to play for. They are still not mathematically safe from the relegation zone and they've been really bad so it's always good to redeem yourself in front of the home crowd but if i had to put my money uh, on it and, and looking at the roma against Cagliari, it's it, it should be it should be a comfortable win it should be a comfortable win they have scored two goals in the last let's see one two three four five six matches so two goals scored in their last six matches. Uh, frankly, I think Cagliari is better. Um, yeah. I mean their 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 line is <laughs> their yeah. line is led by the likes of Pandev. Uh, I think he's injured, but Tony Sanabria, the former Roma yes. player. I mean they have to win this. Um, but the thing that and and question question to you do you do you field Pastore? Oh, I think you have to. No, I mean you have. Um, I mean, Zaniolo has been way off the mark since uh, Ranieri took over. If I were if I were Ranieri, I would undoubtedly play the exact same starting eleven as I did at the weekend. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. If he's fit, let him play. Let them rip. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be a difficult game, but again, the the problem is now we're forced to watch these other matches. What did you make of Milan not sacking Gattuso? I thought they would bring in our favorite word, uh, the traquetatore. <laughs> um, they didn't bring one in. They're letting Gattuso go with it. I think that is, I, I think that's a huge risk. I, I also agree. I, I was already imagining Leonardo taking over as a traquetatore, yes. but. Uh... 
I, I don't know if they because this this can either be a, a like a moment where Milan pick themselves up and say you know what things are not going to change till the end of the season we have to get back into it or they can just completely crumble. I don't think they can do any worse than uh, they did in the past uh, what seven games where they had I think one victory. Um, so it's and Bologna as I said it's going to be tough so. I think Atalanta are the team to to beat right now. Atalanta are the team to fear. Uh, and But Roma can still do some damage. Roma need to believe in it. And I think this team right now believes. And that's the most important part. Uh, Atalanta still have Lazio at the weekend. They have Juve. Both of those matches are away. So very, very difficult. Milan, they have Bologna at home. And then they are away to Fiorentina. Mm. And you have the... These next two matches for Milan, you have the two ex-managers coming up against their their former team. So you would think that they would pump up, that would spur on their team just a little bit. It's difficult to say what Juve would do to Atalanta. Um, they have nothing to play for. We saw what they did. I, I was shocked that, I mean, obviously it's a derby, but they actually went for it against Inter. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was pretty surprising, but... Okay, so the question we've been asking ever since it became a possibility again, I, I would have to assume your feelings changed, no? I mean, are you feeling Champions League is at least more feasible than it was uh, 72 hours ago? But it's uh, After the Cagliari win, I would say yes all the way, but then I look at the table and it changes again and my feelings change. I think it's it's feasible, but if you look at the statistics, we have like uh, I think the latest ones were I don't know some some programs calculated. I think we had like twenty five percent chance of getting in uh, to the Champions League, while Atalanta had like thirty five percent. So I don't know. I I think we I I oh my god no I don't know I'm not gonna answer it, John. I can't. You can't do this to me. Stop. Yeah, it's um, it's quite the conundrum. It, it honestly is. It, it's um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at so I'm on five thirty eight right now, and they have Roma at twenty eight percent. Okay. Yeah. They have Atalanta uh. at fifty five percent, and they have Milan at twelve percent, Torino four percent, Lazio five percent. So yeah. Again, I don't know what in the hell goes into these algorithms. These are made by people far smarter than myself. Us. But, I mean, I look at this calendar of Atalanta, and in my mind, maybe this is me just being the the, the, the feeble Roma supporter, mm -hmm. but, I mean, they have a chance to win silverware. And for a club like Atalanta, yeah. if I were to weigh the chance of a Champions League versus the Coppa Italia, I mean, that is a – it's not even a debate in my opinion. True, but Gasperini, yes, but Gasparini is stubborn, and and this is his chance to sort of prove that he's not a manager who failed at Inter. He's a manager who can bring a team like Atalanta out of nothing into the Champions League. So, and he said it himself. He wants both. He wants the trophy and he wants uh, the Champions League spot. And Atalanta are showing that they can they can battle these these matches out. They are not. 
they're going to score. And it's a team that likes to score. They're going to score. Uh, we saw that last time Empoli game where they didn't score. But right now it's sort of, I think they're just on another level. And I doubt that Lazio can co- cause them any problems because uh, as, as, as good as Lazio have, have shown to be against uh, Sampdoria, they're not a, a match for, for Atalanta right now. So I don't know. If this is football. To me, these numbers, these percentages don't work because, uh, as we said a month ago, I imagined Roma to arrive at eighth spot, uh, and right now Milan is seventh. So it's it's unpredictable. Yeah, and in, I mean, it's it's funny. The biggest problem is a single loss, and it's not only that you're out of the Champions League. I mean, you could oh, be yeah. out of Europe completely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really um, one false step, and the consequences are massive. This is not a lose a match here and you can make up for it. I mean, we're at the point now where even a draw is -hmm. is deadly, absolutely deadly. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, um, you're not going to answer. I say Roma do it. I say they do qualify for the Champions League at this point because I, I think Milan. Uh, Roma had their crisis for five months, but it was earlier in the season. Milan, they're they're enduring their crisis now. Um, a lot of people forget Atalanta were really shit earlier in the season as well. Yes, um, yes. They were way down in the table. I think at one point they were 16th. Um, same as Torino, same as Torino. Yeah, same as Torino. So um, that just shows you the, 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 the campionato is a marathon. It's not a race. And um, I think that's the big difference. That's... That's the big. Uh, that's where you really see the golf and quality um, in depth as well. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. We will be back later in the week ahead of the match, where hopefully we have a bit more clarity as to who may be playing, who may be coming into the side for Roma. But we all know what these matches mean now. From here on out, for the remainder of the season, it is it is do or die. It is win or uh, you are in big, big trouble. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, ciao.